This is Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission. Welcome to episode 38 of Downtown Lowdown with Downtown Halifax Business Commission, recorded on November 26, 2020. This is where you can find out all you need or want to know about Downtown Halifax. I'm Ivy Ho, Director of Communications. And I'm Alana McDonald-Mills, Director of Marketing. We are your hosts for the Downtown Lowdown. We'll be giving you the lowdown on what's new in businesses and issues that affect downtown. We also talk to key individuals that help to make downtown Halifax better. On BizBuzz, we have business updates in light of the new restrictions recently announced by the provincial government. We also have an update on what's happening with events, and we'll be talking about shopping local for the holiday season and our downtown Halifax holiday gift guide. But first, Ivy is going to talk to Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. They will discuss the new restrictions that were recently announced in response to the rising number of COVID-19 cases in the province, and in particular, HRM. Paul will also update us on some of the federal emergency economic relief programs. And we're recording this episode via video conferencing, so we apologize in advance for any issues with the sound quality. With the new restrictions around business and gathering limits announced by the provincial government on November 24th, we thought it would be a good idea to chat with Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. We'll talk about the state of business, the impact the restrictions will have on businesses, and some of the new and revised federal emergency economic relief programs. So hi, Paul. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, it's amazing the difference a week can make. It's been guess it's been a rough one. Um, you've been fielding a lot of media calls asking you about the impact of the new restrictions, uh, about the restrictions and what they will, the impact they will have on business. Uh, but before we get into the impact, uh, what do you think is the perception out there of downtown Halifax? Do you think people think it's less safe than other areas in HRM? Well, you're right, Ivy. Things do move quickly. I think when we when we set up this topic, it's kind of a state of the downtown uh, address. The the main focus, I think, was going to be on uh, the fact that downtown was was extremely safe. That all the all the measures in terms of of you know uh, cases of COVID, virtually there was no community spread up to a couple of weeks ago uh, that we knew of. And so that was really the message that we were trying to get out. You know, for the holiday season was you know what it's completely safe to come to restaurants, to come shopping, to you know not just to go downtown, but really to go anywhere you wanted to. That that a Essentially, uh, in, across Nova Scotia, you know, we had pretty much eliminated COVID from a from a um, you know a community spread perspective. That the few cases that we had were all due to to, to travel to the province. So that has completely changed, uh, obviously. And um, you know, right from kind of the first report, uh, which unfortunately uh, tied back to a downtown uh, downtown bar, um, the bitter end. There was actually a couple of places that came out in the first report, but people seemed to focus on the bitter end for whatever reason. Uh, from that moment on, there was kind of the sense of oh, uh, this this feels a lot like it felt in the spring uh, and as we've seen really over the past week and a half uh, things have completely changed um, you know across the province across the city and, and certainly in, in downtown Halifax and so um, I think it's safe to say we're, we're currently in the midst of a of a second wave there's there's questions about whether this is going to be uh, quickly manageable or not that's that's certainly still the hope and that's the reason behind uh, the new restrictions but it's interesting because uh, Again, I think because there was a there was a couple of uh, you know there was a number of of establishments that uh, that were identified uh, in the press early on. Only a couple of those were downtown; some were not. Um, but it's kind of the, the curse and the blessing of, of downtown is sometimes things get highlighted here. Uh, you know, if a restaurant closes in Bears Lake, goes out of business in Bears Lake, there's never any stories about it. Uh, yeah, downtown seems to be under a microscope sometimes, or usually, actually. Yeah, and sometimes that's good because sometimes we get a little extra attention uh, from media. But uh, when when things are negative, we get uh, extra negative attention. So in this 
this case, I think, you know, the perception we had was that uh, this seemed like a downtown problem initially. Um, when I don't think that was really the case, it, it, it really was a problem that was, you know, that did really stem from, you know, the kinds of activities that happen in, in restaurants and bars, which is, you know, people gathering together, uh, higher chance of spreads, um, you know, because people, once they're seated, have their masks off and that type of thing. So uh, something that, that um, you know, wasn't, certainly wasn't caused by the restaurant industry. It was caused by, uh, by people that potentially weren't following the rules, uh, but because of the nature of, of where people gather, uh, that's where the uh, the community spread really started happening again. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think probably downtown's um, reputation has taken a little bit of a hit uh, because of this, uh, but nothing that we can't bounce back from. And at this point, uh, it's certainly not localized to downtown. The the restrictions are right across Halifax, um, so we're we're kind of all in the uh, the same the same uh, playing field now. Mm-hmm. Great. So what do you think the impact uh, of the restrictions will have on retailers and, and businesses in downtown Halifax? Um, you know, with the restrictions that were announced on Tuesday, uh, dine-in is now uh, no longer, for the time being, I guess. Uh, re- retailers are restricted to 25% of their capacity, legal capacity. So in this second wave, um, as opposed to the first wave, what do you think the impact will be short-term, long-term? Yeah, so we had, uh, I mean, initially the last couple of days, uh, been spending quite a bit of time talking with, with various media sources. And the question is always the same. The question is kind of this, hey, do you think this will have a negative impact uh, on uh, on the downtown economy? And, and the, the, of course, the easy answer is, well, of course it will. Uh, for restaurants, if you can't dine in at restaurants and, and retail is being limited in terms of how many people can go in, I mean, there's no question that's going to have a negative effect uh, on just about everybody. Um, the, the really sad part was just kind of pre, you know, I guess uh, pre the latest uh, lockdown, uh, and I was having some really com- you know positive conversations uh, with a couple of restaurant owners who actually said their sales were pretty much back up to normal. So not just normal for for kind of during this pandemic, but uh, you know, and that certainly wasn't the case across the board. You know, I'd say most businesses were, were still down, but but it seemed like things were were going pretty well, and and there were some businesses that uh, that were doing as well, if not better, uh, than ever ever before. So I suspect that's not the case for anybody at this point in time. Um, so yeah, overall it's it's negative. Um, uh, I think the silver lining part of it is that this is kind of our second go around uh, with these kinds of restrictions. So we all went through this uh, in the spring uh, um, where the restrictions were even a little bit more um, more uh, far ranging. Of course, all the schools were closed. And uh, I think everyone, no, no one will ever forget the spring of 2020 uh, as being a strange and, and difficult time. Um, but we really learned from that. I think the businesses really learned from that. And so there was a concerted effort from the businesses, certainly from our business uh, organization, as well as other ones to ensure that businesses, uh, you know, were better prepared, right, to, to to pick up whatever business they could during the lockdown and to be better prepared for, for future waves, which, which of course, we had heard uh, was certainly a high possibility. So, you know, for for um, retailers, that meant getting an online store, you know, getting it, getting it put together, getting it online, uh, putting some marketing behind it so that online shopping was, was a completely viable option for even the smallest independent uh, retailer on Main Street. You know, for restaurants, it was about getting a, maybe a better delivery system in place, making sure they had, you know, if it required a separate takeout menu uh, ready to go uh, that was maybe a smaller subset of their main menu, that type of thing. So even, you know, restaurants that typically, you know, 
didn't do takeout before were only dine in. Uh, most of those restaurants now have takeout options um, you know, or pickup op- options. So, so that's that's all in play. So the good news is, you know, business still can continue despite these restrictions. Uh, you still can shop in downtown, whether that's just calling ahead and, and picking something up, or you can actually go still go into uh, to businesses. They're just restricted in terms of how many people can be in there. But that's probably less of a concern for smaller downtown businesses than say the WalMarts of the world. So you can still shop uh, as of, as of this recording. You can still shop in, in retailers, uh, but you can order online from from retailers. You can still do uh, you know pick up or, or take out for dining. So so business is able to still happen. I think that's probably the big difference uh, from the spring. Yeah, and it's even more important at this time of year because it's the holiday shopping season is upon us. That's right. Uh, so yeah. A lot of the retailers do have that uh, e-commerce store, online store now, and uh, even offer delivery, um, curbside pickup and delivery. So that's that's great. That wasn't an option before before COVID for most of the retailers. Downtown Halifax Business Commission connects regularly with uh, the Restaurant Association of Nova Scotia and uh, Restaurants Canada, uh, especially since COVID. Uh, so with RANS, or the Restaurant Association of Nova Scotia and Restaurants Canada, uh, when they called for contact tracing and then ultimately the shutdown of dine-in service, um, you know, that was a pretty bold move, you know, especially with their considering who their members are. Uh, what do you think of their response? How did how do you think they handled it? I think they handled it very well. Uh, I mean, it, like ourselves, they're member based organizations. So, you know, they try to speak for their membership. Um, but having said that, I mean, they're never going to be able to to speak for every single member because those members don't always agree on everything. But um, but it's true. They came out really quickly um, uh, to say, you know, they are actually you know uh, asking the government for a, for a mandated shutdown for a couple of reasons. I think uh, one of them being, of course, that, you know, it was happening anyway, even before, you know, Rand's announcement went out, uh, you know, we were hearing of increasing numbers of, uh, of businesses that, that were saying just for, you know, because of perception, for the safety of our own employees, uh, that they were they were stopping all dine-in anyway. So they were hearing that from the members um, to begin with. Uh, but the other piece of this is that um, with, with mandatory shutdowns, uh, there are specific government programs uh, in the past and, and hopefully more in the future. Um, and Particularly in Nova Scotia, the provincial programs really seem to be more aimed towards businesses that have been told to shut down uh, as opposed to voluntarily shut down. So I think from an industry perspective, they probably looked at it and said, well, we're not going to be getting business anyway. Uh, This may just make it easy for everyone to be under the same rules. And in fact, we may have higher eligibility for programs. And actually not just at the provincial level, but uh, but even at the federal level with the new rent program, uh, this in theory will make them uh, even more eligible for for some support uh, through those programs. So you know, it was it was both a, a move in terms of setting the right tone and safety and all those things, but but probably a smart financial move as well. Uh, it's uh, you know it's it's not a move that that um, kind of the non restaurant. Um, uh, associations took, uh, but certainly we, uh, you know, when, when looking at restaurant-specific issues, we, we talk a lot with with Luke at Restaurants Canada, with Gordon at uh, a Restaurant Association of Nova Scotia. I mean, they're the experts on the, on the restaurant industry, and and because we have so many restaurants in our membership, we we're always comparing notes uh, with them, uh, whether it's uh, whether it's advocacy issues or trying to share sales data or economic indicators or that type of thing. So yeah, I think it was uh, it was a bold move for them, and and certainly I think seemed to be the right one, and, and the government uh, did respond to that, and and. And was probably going to do it anyway, but uh, it certainly you know puts the uh, you know the restaurant industry and or the, both of those organizations uh, you know in in sync with what the, with what the government was going to do. Mm-hmm. You mentioned some of the uh, the programs, um, so there are some changes to a number of the uh, federal uh, economic relief programs, emergency ones, as well as provincial. So can you tell us a, about those? Uh, what the what the changes are? So the first one I have on my list is uh, Canada Emergency Rent Subsidy. 
All right. Well, as you've discussed, Ivy, I don't know anything about those programs. So, uh, <laughs> that right, is not true. You know everything, Paul. I don't. I do know about <laughs> that one. So uh, I think, yeah. So the the, the rent assistance program is uh, it, we're kind of in phase two, I guess, of that. So there was an earlier uh, rent assistance program uh, which came out last spring, which was actually something that you know there was a lot of organizations across the country, including ours, that really were pushing uh, for a rent program. This was this is really the number one uh, need for businesses, whether they were you know told to shut down or simply they, they weren't getting business because of the because of the overall lockdown uh, in the spring. There there needed to be assistance in in helping people pay their rent, and so the federal government um, really after kind of putting it off for a little bit, did create a program, uh, which we thought would work very well. Uh, and it was a, a little bit of a complicated program, which involved, you know, uh, some of the cost sharing between the, the tenant, the landlord, and the province. Um, so it was a bit complicated. And the result of that was that lots of landlords uh, did take the program up. It, it, it certainly was beneficial to a lot of our businesses, uh, but it wasn't to many others. Um, and so the program just it simply didn't work to the extent that it should have, and not just in Nova Scotia, but across Canada. And so then there was an, an advocacy push from those same organizations saying, thanks for the first program, didn't really work, uh, can we tweak it? And, and the real tweak that we wanted to see was, let's just put the money into the hands of the tenants themselves. That way they can use that money to pay the rent. That's what the tenants wanted. That's actually what the landlords wanted. It kind of kept them out of the picture. Uh, it kept the, the province out of the picture as well. So that was that seemed to be the simplest way. Um, and uh, just goes to show, when push comes to shove, uh, eventually uh, the federal government will choose a simpler way. And, and so the new program, which was announced really a, um, a number of weeks ago now um, uh, announced that there would be a sliding scale. So, you know, those that were in greater need um, would, would be able to get uh, more funds through it uh, than other ones. Uh, and the money would go directly to the tenants. The tenants could apply themselves. Uh, and so that program has actually, the application has just come out, uh, I think, in the past week. Uh, so that is on the federal um, on the federal website. Um, so if you are, uh, uh, and, and, it's, and it's good timing now, of course, because, you know, this is, we're going back into that same situation where uh, where paying the rent is going to be difficult for a number of businesses. And so uh, as it turns out, the timing's pretty good. So certainly we are encouraging, you know, all of our downtown members that uh, that are tenants that are paying rent uh, to look at that program and, and apply if, if you're eligible. And I think certainly a lot of them will be. So uh, that, that information is both on our website as well as the, the federal government website. And that would be Canada.ca. That sounds right. It is, I, yeah, it is right. <laughs> Paul. Well, what's, our, what's our website, Ivy? <laughs> it's downtownhalifax.ca. That also, that also sounds good. <laughs> uh, slash COVID-19. And you can find links to uh, information on those, uh, on the programs that we're talking about today. Uh, so the next on my list is the Ecosystem Fund. What do you know about that? Yes, the Ecosystem Fund, uh, which uh, when when I first saw the name, I thought I I'm not sure I know anything about the Ecosystem Fund, but um, it's uh, it, it was it was launched to, to great fanfare uh, a number of weeks ago as well, uh, and this was the program by which the the government of Canada worked very closely uh, with Black business owners and Black led organizations uh, across Canada, uh, including the Black Business Initiative right here in Halifax. We're instrumental in putting this together, uh, and really it was it was a recognition, um, you know, coming from you know a, a lot of what happened over the summer with Black Lives Matter and, and just kind of a heightened awareness, uh, you know, and, and COVID uh, disproportionately uh, affecting minority communities, uh, that there was a real need uh, to, to have some specific support, uh, you know, directed towards uh, uh, black entrepreneurs. Uh, so that's what this program is called. The Ecosystem Fund, to my mind, makes it sound a bit confusing, but uh, that's okay. All these programs have uh, have names that I don't think were necessarily run through the marketing program at, uh, at the Government of Canada, but that's okay. The important thing is the money is there. So uh, it's really, it's open for, it's a program that's open uh, to assist uh, anyone that's, uh, that's a black-based business or, or um, 
black on black led organizations or entrepreneurs. Uh, so again, that's uh, that information is all on the Government of Canada website. Uh, so if you if you Google the Ecosystem Fund, uh, it'll pop up and, and give you the, uh, the information and uh, and the application process is uh, is all open now as well. And how about the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy? Yeah, so the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy, or the CUs or Qs, I'm not sure if we've decided whether it's a hard C or a soft C at this point in time, but uh, but this is one of the programs uh, that really, if, if you uh, talk to any business uh, business or business organization uh, that's taken advantage of it, this, this really has been one of the lifelines uh, from the Federal Government of Canada. So unlike, um, you know, perhaps the Rent Assistance Program, this program is one that, that really has kind of received universal praise. Um, probably hasn't received universal praise, but most certainly most of what I've heard has been very good, and it's really been a lifeline for a lot of businesses to, to carry through this time. So again, this is a, it's a wage subsidy program. So the idea being that, uh, that if organizations are, are able to keep employees on staff, uh, even during this downturn, that the government will step in and pay a, a pretty large portion uh, of that salary. So the idea is to avoid layoffs. Uh, and again, if, if there are layoffs, there are individual programs, uh, support programs that exist as well for individuals to apply for. Uh, but this program is really about businesses. If you're able to keep your employees on, uh, that the government of Canada will, will step in and, uh, and pick up uh, part of that tab. Um, and so it was, it had expired um, uh, in the fall, I believe. And so there was a big, a big cry to say, listen, we're not out of, we're not out of this pandemic yet. Uh, this is, this is still a requirement uh, for businesses. So, uh, and again, it is tied to, it's, it's not meant for businesses that are doing fine, uh, who, uh, who are going to keep staff on and, and the revenues are fine. So there is a component to it that ties to, uh, ties to revenue. But, uh, but anyway, the big news with that is, is it has been extended. So if you took advantage of the program before, or if you didn't, uh, but you need to, to keep, uh, to keep staff on, uh, this is a, this is a great program uh, that, that's available again as a continuation of the original program. And then, hot off the presses uh, today, uh, November twenty sixth, uh, is the Small Business Impact Grant. So there's a continuation of that of that grant. So what do you know about that? Okay, so this is this is good news uh, as well. This is a provincial program, uh, and it is just it is hot off the presses. We this was just launched uh, minutes before we went uh, live to tape uh, here for our podcast. So uh, it is the uh, it's a kind of a continuation of the small business grant which existed before. So importantly, this is a grant program, not a loan program, and there are a number of, of loan programs, uh, and we expect there's going to be more programs launched as well. But what this uh, what this looks like is it's a it's a grant of up to five thousand uh, dollars, and it's really targeted towards those businesses that are directly impacted by the new restrictions. So some of those restrictions are things like limited gathering sizes uh, in businesses, uh, obviously no dine-in service, you know, restaurants being limited to takeout or delivery, uh, gyms, fitness, and leisure centers uh, have had, in essence have been closed through this. So for those businesses that have been impacted by those restrictions, if their revenue has been impacted, which almost certainly it would be, um, uh, and it's been impacted by uh, by 15% or more, uh, then they're eligible uh, for this grant program. So the grant program maxes out at $5,000, um, and it can be anywhere up between zero and $5,000. So uh, it's been announced uh, uh, today, the application process, like most of these programs, they get announced, and it, it's a bit of a lag time. So uh, the application process uh, is going to be coming in the coming weeks, uh, but certainly for businesses that are that are getting impacted, obviously, right now, because of these new restrictions, uh, there is a, a bit of hope coming in, in the fact that there will be this new grant program uh, that they will be eligible uh, to apply for. So so the, uh, that's good news. And, and again, I think as we're coming into the second wave, uh, again, governments have learned uh, 
you know, for the first wave, what programs were, in, you know, effective, which ones weren't, and uh, and it looks like there's probably going to be a little bit of the rolling out again of the greatest hits, um, and potentially uh, some new programs as well. So, you know, certainly from an advocacy perspective, we'll be, you know, we'll be sharing, all, you know, all the programs that are available to our members and encouraging them all to apply for them, uh, but also getting feedback from our, our members uh, about, you know, really what is it that they need. Um, and and I think the other the other piece of this is I think, you know, we need to start shifting a little bit from a you know short-term survival mode, which is of course really important, uh, to saying you know we know there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel. There's been some good news recently uh, about vaccines, and so there's a sense that uh, you know we'll be out of the worst of the pandemic you know sometime over the course of the next you know six, ten, twelve months, um, and so. You know, really, the 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 focus needs to be how do we get our businesses, you know, through? How do we get them to be able to survive between now and and when we're kind of back to normal? And so, you know, these great these short-term reactive programs are obviously are very important. Um, but uh, but part of our conversation with uh, with government partners and other business organizations will be, you know, what are the what are the longer-term programs that we can expect just to keep, you know, really just to keep the economy going, uh, regardless of of whether we're in a in a lockdown mode or not. Yeah, and that's a good segue to my next question for you. Um, any last thoughts on how people can support uh, businesses in downtown Halifax and still be safe? I mean, this is, we're in a, the second wave right now. Even with the uh, programs, the economic relief programs that are available, it can, this is going to be devastating to a lot of the businesses in, in downtown and in the city. So how can how can people support the businesses? Yeah, there's no question. And I think certainly what we're hearing from from government leaders, business leaders and, and other leaders is, you know, we really are in this all together. So, you know, obviously there's things that we want government to do. There's things that the businesses can do. We saw a great example of that, you know, with the restaurants kind of proactively saying, you know, yes, this is the most important time of the year, but we're going to, you know, we're we're going to either voluntarily close down or we're asking government to actually uh, tell us that we have to shut down uh, really for the, you know, for the quick, you know, for the safety and the and the quick flattening of this of this curve, hopefully. Um, so everyone's kind of doing their part. For individuals, um, the message that we're really trying to get out is, you know, it is the holiday season. Um, you know, lots of people have been hurt economically, uh, and, and that, of course, is, is a tragedy. And, there's, and we're seeing more and more strain on on social services, on food banks, on, on those types of things. So, you know, for people that that have the means to do it, really the ask is, you know, you need to you need to support those groups. You need to support, uh, you know, whether it's shelters or whether it's food banks. Um, you know, there a lot of them lost fundraisers. A good example is Feed Nova Scotia. Usually has their biggest uh, food and money drive of the year at the Holiday Parade of Lights, but the Parade of Lights was canceled, so that impacted not only the enjoyment of people coming downtown and watching the parade, but also impacted Feed Nova Scotia. So, you know, we're asking people to, to support those things, and we're asking people, frankly, to support local and downtown businesses. And, and we do that every year, but this year um, it, it's almost a, a little bit more of a patriotic duty, right? So if you are going to do holiday shopping, you know, and and you're going to do it online because you don't feel comfortable going out, um, you know, it's it's luckily we're in a situation where you can do online shopping from downtown and local businesses just as easily as you can from Amazon. In fact, because, you know, business owners have got delivery systems set up, you know, there's, there's same day delivery, there's next day delivery. More often than not, that delivery is free. It's actually in a lot of cases a, a much better deal than Amazon. Uh, and you're finding, you know, uh, gifts that you could find online somewhere else, you know, or finding something that's, that's local and, and unique and, and perhaps it's going to be even more special. So, you know, we're encouraging people just to kind of shift that mindset a bit um, to say, you know, 
do the regular holiday shopping that you're going to do, and there's no reason that you can't still support downtown businesses while you do that because um, we've got that ecosystem um, set up again. So, so yeah, that's kind of our message, I think, to, to the general public is, um, is yeah, these businesses, um, you know, we're hoping that they're going to survive, they need to survive, and, and people can help them do that. Mm-hmm. And I think overall, um, you know, even if you're for someone that maybe you don't care about the local economy or, or not, but, you know, we keep, we've talked a lot about these government programs. These government programs are all being funded by the taxpayer, regardless of what level of, of, um, of government we're talking about here. And so, you know, the, the, uh, the lesser the need is from the businesses, the, the less we need to spend through these programs. So I think the message is, you know, individual taxpayers are going to be helping business one way or the other. Uh, the best way to do it uh, is to do it directly uh, by supporting those businesses through, through online shopping or, or calling ahead to pick up the phone and, and call a business and, and you, can, you can buy something over the phone or, or just have it set aside and go pick it up or have it delivered. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a different experience. And, uh, and that's really the message that we're getting to most people is, uh, yeah, it's, it's never been easier to, sp- to support local at the same time that's never been more important right yeah so basically think local first and shop local if you're able to it's easier than ever now online so uh, i guess so we're we're asking everyone to to support the businesses so thank you paul thanks for for your time and and your insight great thank you we were talking to Paul McKinnon, CEO of Downtown Halifax Business Commission. We discussed the new restrictions that were recently announced in response to the rising number of COVID-19 cases in the province, and in particular, HRM. Paul also gave us an update on some of the federal and provincial emergency economic relief programs. As always, Downtown Halifax Business Commission strives to provide the latest COVID-19-related information as the province revises restrictions. DHBC continues to follow directives of the Nova Scotia Health Authority. Check DHBC's main COVID-19 resource page for businesses and for the public at downtownhalifax.ca slash COVID-19. With the increasing number of COVID-19 cases in the province, Premier Stephen McNeil and Dr. Robert Strang, Chief Medical Officer of Health, announced new restrictions in HRM and across the province on November 24th. These new restrictions came in effect on November 26th and will continue for two weeks until midnight December 9th, with a possibility of extension. Nova Scotians are being asked to avoid non-essential travel in and out of Western and Central HRM, which is defined as HRM from Hubbards to and including Porter's Lake and the communities up to Elmsdale and Mount Uniac in Hans County and to avoid non-essential travel to other Atlantic provinces. The following will apply to the parts of Western and Central HRM. The gathering limit in public is five or up to the number of members of an immediate family in a household. Mandatory masking now applies to common areas of multi-unit residential buildings, such as apartment buildings and condos. Restaurants and licensed establishments are closed for in-person dining, but may provide takeout or delivery. Retail stores must restrict shoppers and staff to 25% or less of allowable capacity. Wineries, distilleries, and breweries cannot hold tastings or in-person dining and must follow retail rules in their stores. Delivery and curbside pickup are allowed. Organized sports and recreational, athletic, arts, and cultural activities and faith-based activities are paused. Profit and non-profit fitness and recreational facilities are closed. Libraries and museums are closed, including the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia. The casino and First Nations gaming establishments are closed. There will be a stronger enforcement of illegal gatherings, including ticketing of all attendees, total fine of $1,000. 
Schools, after-school programs, and childcare will remain open while certain personal services businesses, such as hairstylists, estheticians, and nail salons in Western and Central HRM can continue, except for procedures that cannot be done while a patron is wearing a mask. These are just some of the restrictions that may affect businesses, workers, and visitors in downtown Halifax. For more information and a full list of restrictions, visit the Nova Scotia Health Authority website at novascotia.ca slash coronavirus. And now for BizBuzz. It's time for BizBuzz. Tori McLeod, our Marketing and Communications Coordinator, is here with me again along with Ivy. Hi, guys. Hi there. Hi. We have some business updates, event updates, and we are going to talk about shopping local for the holidays in our Downtown Halifax Holiday Gift Guide. But first, Tori is going to talk about our featured member for the month of December, Podstarter. We have a new featured member. Podstarter is a podcasting company that focuses on the production, design, and distribution of podcasts for individuals, brands, and companies. Podstarter works with podcasters, even virtually, to help them set up their podcasts for success on various podcast platforms. Jonathan Burns and Reese Waters are the co-founders of Podstarter and produce podcasts for podcasters in Halifax and many other parts of the world as well. Read more about Podstarter on our website, downtownhalifax.ca slash featured member Podstarter, and check out their website, podstarter.io. So in light of the recently announced restrictions, restaurants and cafes cannot have any in-person dining. Because of this, some restaurants have closed and some have switched once again to takeout and delivery service only. Some smaller cafes and coffee shops like the French Fix, Cabin Coffee, Bird's Nest, and more are still able to take in-person orders, so you can go in and order your coffee. But many restaurants and cafes set up the infrastructure in the spring to take orders online and by phone. So you can always pre-order your food for contactless curbside pickup and delivery if you don't feel comfortable going out. I recommend checking the websites and social media sites of the restaurants and cafes you're interested in visiting or ordering from first to see what options are available to you. In terms of retail, stores and shops are allowed to be open with reduced capacity. But because people are being discouraged to go shopping for non-essential items, Many businesses are once again offering curbside pickup and delivery options. For stores that don't have websites or online e-commerce sites, I recommend finding them on Facebook or Instagram to see their products and call or even email to place your order for pickup. Also, many shops have set up either private or virtual shopping tours. So you can book a private shopping tour so you will be the only person in the store, or you can do virtual shopping tours using FaceTime or Zoom. Again, I would recommend checking out the shops you're interested in first to see what they're offering right now. And as it was already mentioned, attractions are all closed for now until at least December 9th. This includes the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia, the Discovery Centre, the Canadian Museum of Immigration at Pier 21, and the Maritime Museum of the Atlantic. So we are in the process of updating our What's Open page, and that will be an ongoing process for the next while. But you can check it out at downtownhalifax.ca slash what's open to see what is open right now. So next up, let's talk events. And again, because of recent restrictions, most events have been cancelled. This includes the Evergreen Festival, which is moving online now. They have had to adapt to ensure that the community stays safe this holiday season. Their new virtual village will include the Evergreen Market, so you can get your holiday shopping done online and support local. The Evergreen Screen, which was formerly the Evergreen Stage, is also going online. So with the Evergreen Screen, they will be bringing you live music right to your home for free. But some components of the festival are still going ahead, and that includes Evergreen Bright. So Evergreen Bright is a walkable trail of twinkling holiday lights and storefront displays along the waterfront and throughout downtown Halifax. 
So bundle up and you can see the light safely outside with your bubble. And the evergreen getaways and stays are still a go. This means that you can take advantage of some of the specials and discounts that hotels throughout the city are offering and treat yourself to a mini getaway for a night. For more information on Evergreen Festival and to keep up to date on what is going on, visit evergreenfestns.com or follow them on social at evergreenfestns. And unfortunately, most of the live music events at the Halifax Convention Center and other establishments that host live music have been cancelled or postponed. Neptune Theatre has cancelled their live production of Dickens' A Christmas Carol, but you will still be able to watch it on Neptune at Home. More details will be forthcoming from Neptune about this, so follow at Neptune Theatre or visit NeptuneTheatre.com for more information. And the rest of the downtown Halifax live shows have been cancelled, but if you would like to watch some music from the comfort of your own home, you can watch our first two shows, Tristan Legg and the Mad Dogs with the Old Triangle, and Tevin Tynes Trio at the Carlton on our Facebook and YouTube pages. For the link, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash live or find DHBC1 on YouTube. Now switching gears to holiday shopping. This year more than ever, it is so important to support our local businesses after this challenging year. The holiday season is generally such an important time of year for businesses, specifically retail, food and beverage, and personal service type businesses. So we are encouraging everyone to think local first this holiday season when shopping. We realize that you may not be able to purchase all your gifts locally, but when possible, please try to buy local. If you're looking for local holiday shopping ideas, look no further than our Downtown Halifax Holiday Gift Guide. There are almost 80 businesses featured in the guide from the Downtown Halifax and Spring Garden area. You can check it out online at downtownhalifax.ca slash gift guide. And the online version of the guide has links directly to the businesses, so you can visit them online. It also has an interactive map with websites for all the businesses, so it's super easy to find any of the businesses you are interested in. So is there anything I'm forgetting, Ivy, to mention about the holiday season? Uh, we actually lit up uh, Peace and Friendship Park recently. Uh, That's right. So, yeah, it's it's a beautiful park. Uh, we have so many lights uh, in in the park right now, and it's actually, I should clarify, it's soon to be named Peace and Friendship Park. Uh, we have a 26-foot tree. Uh, with LED lights. So it's pretty magnificent. Uh, it's gorgeous. I think people should just wander through the park and, and take some selfies with the, with the tree. Uh, we also have, uh, tree wraps throughout the park all around. And it's 9,000 LED lights, uh, with those tree, tree wraps. So it's also, it's beautiful, but it's also energy efficient. Uh, so better for the environment. Uh, and the snowflakes, the snowflakes are all lit up on the lamp standards as well in the park. So it's just a nice little winter wonderland in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, th- I would encourage people to check it out. And that park is located down by the Westin for people. That's right. It's in front of the Westin across the street. Yes. Um, yeah. So even though the holidays look different this year, um, I don't feel like the hol- downtown Halifax is lacking in holiday spirit. So you can still get outside and safely see some of the decorations and do some shopping online and, and still enjoy it in just a different way this year. Yeah, I think people can still enjoy the holiday spirit and still stay safe. That's right. And that's it for BizBuzz this week. This concludes Downtown Lowdown, Episode 38, recorded on November 26, 2020. For more information, visit downtownhalifax.ca slash podcast. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to Downtown Lowdown. Also, follow at Downtown Halifax on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 